Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. Let's talk national, though. John, It's you know, I was driving home last night after the show, and I thought to myself, weren't the Iowa caucuses just like three <laughs> nights ago? And it seems like they were three weeks ago, and it seems like they don't matter. You've been talking about the return of Trump for a long time. I mean, this thing is over. You've called it it's probably totally six done. months ago, John. Yeah, it's totally done. Uh, and what's going to happen this week? I mean, the latest polling shows Trump pulling 50, even greater he ahead. He went of, up yep, went in up New Hampshire, Haley. right. And so really all we're talking about now is uh, can the Democrats lock Trump up between now and November, right? That's that's the wild card. And then who will Trump name as his VP? I think as far as, you know, there's no more debates. They cancel the debate. Uh, he'll win this weekend. He'll kick her butt in South Carolina. She won't go away. I think DeSantis is gone. My understanding is DeSantis, I'm, I yeah, can't believe that he's well, still he in after my Monday. spending money. Yeah. And he probably ruined his, needs a little more money. Probably, I thought Jeff Rowe pulled out of that, know, though, too. He did him. That's why he pulled out. <laughs> right, right, right. Gone. Yeah, he saw so, the writing, I think. So I think it would be curious to say, I think DeSantis probably did some serious damage to his political career, um, and and that's where we are. So, do you, John, do you just quickly, do you think that if he, because now there's all this um, handicapping going on about the campaign, he's expressing disappointment that he didn't do more media because he did conservative media, maybe he should have opened it up. Was the campaign flawed? Was DeSantis flawed? Was there a path for him if they would have done things differently? The, the campaign was it was the Bush people out of Florida and the Paul Ryan people out of D.C. And th- that was always flaw with the base. The base knows exactly who those people are. That's not who they support anymore. That's the Republican Party of 2005, the Republican Party that Nikki Haley is a part of today. Uh, we learned about DeSantis. What I'd heard from a lot of people is that he is charismatically challenged. He does not have the personality, or temperament. He doesn't look good. I think I think he's done presidential politics. I, I do, too. Look, the, the, in like couple of these things are just simple for me, and maybe this is unfair, but I was watching something recently with his wife, and his wife is full of, you know, charisma, and they were showing some pictures back when they were married and when he was younger, and, and Ron DeSantis was actually smiling in these pictures. Like, it was a genuine smile. You turn on a debate and you see Ron DeSantis, he's got that, it's almost like they got a little switch back there backstage. Okay, smile, open up the mouth and teeth, and people see through that. They just don't think that he's genuine. Look, people didn't like Hillary for a variety of reasons. It wasn't just because she was a woman, it's because they didn't like her, and I think some of this happened with DeSantis as well. Now, Jeff, you, you have a situation, and we've... <laughs> We've talked about this for a long time. Majority of the country doesn't want either of these guys. But this is what we got. Are we going to sit here for the next eight months talking about Biden and Trump and just kind of see what happens as they try to lock them up, as they try to add these charges? Uh, this is going to be a, an exhausting year politically, isn't it? It is going to be an exhausting mm-hmm. year politically. And uh, I just I want to, you know, you you euphemistically said they. John was more explicit in his accusation that, you know, the Democrats try to lock uh, Trump up. Um, I just want to rebut that. First of all, if you don't want to be locked up, then don't commit crimes. Okay. And has he committed the, a crime that the, you're aware of? That has he been convicted? Well, I mean, or something? I, I mean, I know you I, want to you remove know, him from I, the ballot think, for not being convicted he, he of took, anything. He took classified documents, and then when he was asked to give them back, he stonewalled. He lied. He he facilitated others misrepresenting the situation. He drove over to and Biden's so house and that dropped is him off probably, in Biden's garage. So, so that is probably oh, the most on, egregious Jeff. explanation. Um, of, you know, the most egregious instance of what he did. I think that directing the fake electors scheme 
whereby he, first of all, spent months pressuring. I'm not talking about what happened on January 6th, which was a sickening day in American history. I'm talking about what happened the months before that, where he summoned legislative leaders from all over the country, places like Michigan, Nevada. Uh, Arizona, Nevada, to try to change the election in their states. That is unprecedented. It wasn't a one-off thing. What he did that day was an abdication of responsibility, his responsibility to this country, mm-hmm. by not acting sooner on January 6th. But what he did the months in advance of that was, I think, much worse. And that is what he is going to, I think, have to face the music for. So Jeff's in, in the lockup Trump strategy so, for so 2024. This, this has, um, no, I mean, I, I think That's what, whatever happened, whatever he did at some point, Trump's argument, John, is that Trump's legal argument is that a president can assassinate, can order an assassination of their enemies and is immune from any prosecution for that because of, quote unquote, absolute immunity. He has said this. His own attorneys have said this in open court. So if that's your strategy for 2024, God bless you as a party. Trump's political strategy is our country is being invaded at the southern border and Joe Biden has no freaking clue. He's waving them in. Exactly. Okay. And 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 if, if, if Sue, amen. We don't amen. get much huh, from you, Sue. Yeah. So so Mark's going <laughs> to go to the new roundtable. <laughs> yeah. Mark, Mark talked a lot about this the other day. Sixty percent of Democrats, sixty-two percent, sixty-two percent Democrats Times, in California, in California, right, agree with what Trump's talking. And the number about. goes higher with likely voters. Those are registered voters. We've talked about this, and you guys, I've I've even said, you know, I don't know about Smith, but Donna and Jane, common sense Democrats here in. <laughs> In Missouri. But you guys know that some of the stuff is unhinged in the border. I would put in that group. That's an overwhelming number. You guys know politics and polling. Th- those margins are extremely narrow. They're not like that. So this is something that's problematic for the White House. So how, given the nature, you just said something to John, Jeff, and Donna, you can chime in here too, of where Trump is and we all know about his problems and all this stuff. How can this president be so far behind in the polling? Now, I get that's not November yet, and there's a lot of time and people aren't dialed in and they will be, but doesn't this reflect on your guy where yeah. I mean look we're nominating someone who will be 86 when yep. he finishes his second term yep. a lot of us have parents that are around that age and we sure as hell wouldn't want them running the country God love you mom and dad if you're listening <laughs> but I, I think you know we are probably not nominating our optimal candidate That's but right. it is what it is and Democrats are certainly going to get behind him against who Republicans are nominating our uh, optimal candidate your your optimal candidate. That's our optimal candidate. That that he unifies our party and he unifies the country. Well, I think that's except true, except for the fact that you know, in different polling, two to three out of ten of every Republicans are saying, "I wouldn't vote for him if he's convicted." We'll see how that number moves. That's the most important number to look at in American politics. Well, the, the, polling does, the polling does indicate that. And the thing that's in- interesting about polling is I've always been a, a bit of a defender on polling, and I know that people like to rip it. Trump likes to have it both ways with polling. Right now, the polling's in his favor, so he loves it. Look at the polls. Look at the polls. When it's not in his favor, he doesn't like it very much. But what's interesting is if you track the presidential polling over the years, and there's a great site that I always refer to, Real Clear Politics, which started back in the late 90s, 1999, as really just a polling site. And that was during Bush. And Gore. And you can see, you know, you can do this uh, right now on their site and go back to 2012 to 2016 to, to 2020. You don't find a situation where the lead for one can, I mean, it was really kind of the opposite. The Democrats were leading. And when they have those consistent leads in polls, maybe there's a dip here or there. That's usually who the winner is. I guess I bring it up from this standpoint. The polling is in such favor for Trump right now and Republicans, I'm just talking on a presidential front, that can you actually close that gap between now and November? Now, that's really about turnout. Who's going to show up, right? You, you know that like a little over a year before Election Day, George Bush, the first, 
had 90% approval rating. Okay, so mm -hmm. things can turn quickly. Absolutely. They can't turn as quickly as they used to do because we're a much more polarized country and there's fewer. You're talking about voters. 92 in that race yeah. against Clinton. I'm talking Clinton. about the 92 yeah. race. Yeah, I mean, well, after the dynamics, after and I get that. The storm, dynamics of 90%. That's yeah, different. He didn't even start campaigning until March of that year. And he was a Bush. And the economy was tanking. The, well, the economy, the economy. Okay. So, so you know a, a lot of things can happen. But yeah, I mean, there is the, the Democratic strategy, certainly part of it is. Hey, hoping that the cases play out in the way that the majority of the country believes that they should, because according to a voluminous amount of polling over the last couple of years, people think that Donald Trump committed a crime around January 6th uh, and, and the entire run up to that, as well as the documents case. But also there are big issues that are on Democratic side, Democrat side. Look at the Dobbs case. Look at what's happened in elections since Dobbs. Democrats are winning even in swing states like Wisconsin. Democrats are winning overwhelmingly, and a lot of people attribute it to that decision going out of the mainstream of American politics. Well, Trump's not on the ballot. He wasn't on the ballot when those votes took place. Those place, those the votes you're referring to are constitutional amendment changes to bring abortion back to the, the states. But so, I mean, you you could offer Missouri as an example here. We've talked about this. If this IP on abortion gets on the ballot in Missouri, a very very red state. It's likely to pass, right? That's what happened in Kansas. Right. But that Kentucky. doesn't mean. Yeah. No, I understand yeah, that. But no, Trump, Trump's going to win He's the gonna state. Win. Hawley's going to win the state. So the people are going to split their votes on that stuff. I don't think there's any doubt. Hang in there. We got one more segment of the roundtable to go. Get more at 971talk.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.